Welcome to the Make It Leader Moves podcast, the show that brings powerhouse Latinas together to discuss the challenges our comunidades are facing and the moves that they took to prioritize joy in their careers. My name is Paul Pinero, your co-host, and I'm here with your other host, Giovanna Rosales. Giovanna, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yay. Excited to be here and let everyone know who our amazing partner co-co-host is for today, our guest. Tell yes. us a little bit. Yes, yes. So I'm really excited about who we have on today. But let's be real, I'm always excited for who we have on. Um, <laughs> but today it's going to be a little different just because, you know, um, we're going to have someone who is on the entrepreneur side but was in corporate for so long. So she has both mindsets um, kind of on her brain at all times. So it's a really awesome uh, different transition, different kind of guests that we have on today. Um, we're going to talk about or I'm sorry, we're going to talk about it with uh, Eliana Rojas. And she is a transformational and executive coach, diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant, as well as branding expert. Uh, she's also the owner of Believe Coaching and Consulting, where she empowers professionals to reach their extraordinary selves, their meaning transformation by helping them embrace their purpose, elevate their voice, expand their potential, and thrive through personal empowerment. Not only that, she is also a ding, 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 Amazon best-selling author. So if you don't have goosebumps right now, this is the time because clearly she's out here making leader moves. Yes. She's on our podcast to be talking about making leading, uh, making leader moves. So without further ado, Liana, welcome. My God, that is such a wonderful introduction. <laughs> Thank you, Giovanna. I'm just so thrilled and so excited to be here with Two incredible, also powerhouse Latinas. So we're moving, ladies. We're moving. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. We're on the train of movement. <laughs> and today's show is all about changing your mindset because that's what Ileana does. And not only is she talking about changing her mindset, but really help us identify when it's time to move on. Oh, we all been there. I don't know. Have you all been there? <laughs> I know I've been there. <laughs> yes. So, Eliana, I know Giovanna gave a awesome big introduction of all the amazing things that you do. But can you tell us a little bit about who you are and even more about what you do? Of course. Uh, so it all started over 20. Now I'm a chemical engineer. That's that's where I started uh, studying in college back in Mexico. Uh, and after I graduated, I decided to go into marketing. Uh, and I always laugh because that's the logical thing to do, right? Um, that's a whole different story. Uh, but I built, like you shared, uh, my career in marketing and in sales in Fortune 500 companies. I've been in, in companies like Procter & Gamble, uh, Haynes Brands, Hasbro, Toys & Entertainment. So been through a variety of, you know, very strong uh, and recognized Fortune 500 companies um, with a fast track career path uh, in both marketing and sales until I reached that executive position. Uh, and then I was able to move to uh, the US uh, to, with one of the companies uh, to a more global role and continued down my path. Um, and all of that went amazing for many, many years until it became a job. 
and it wasn't fun anymore. And when you're working with brands that make people and kids smile with incredible, you know, toys and games that make people be joyful every day and you're not having fun, that mm-hmm. was a big red flag to me that that something was off, that that, you know, that my journey uh doing that kind of work was was not you know, there anymore. Um, and, and I went through this whole period of introspection and not a nice place to be. That's the reality of things until I realized that through my life and through those 20 years of corporate, um, I had, you know, done a lot of great, uh, my businesses had thrived to success. I've accomplished a lot of great things, but really where my heart lied was in helping my and guiding and supporting my teams to become high performing and my leaders to become high performing. That's where my heart like really, you know, rejoiced every day. And I truly believe now that because of the work that I did with them, that's where the success of all the businesses that I was in thrived. Um, and, and that made me realize that's what I wanted to do full time versus just a part of my role. So stepped out of com- corporate, stepped out of my comfort zone too, and, and started my own business to ensure that I did that every day, full time versus just, you know, a little bit of, of doing something else. And, and that's where I am right now. It's bringing those 20 years of experience of building those great teams and leaders to success. And then with uh, United with my coaching um, expertise and different frameworks that I've learned uh, also from great people to then, you know, build that into in into supporting and guiding my clients to shift part of that mindset that you mentioned at the beginning and then also to provide them with the tools the tactics the resources that can then help them be the best professionals that they can be in whatever they do either within corporate or as entrepreneurs themselves and that's where i am today enjoying things again every day (laughs) yes yes i say i i resonated with that part of of your story where you talked about like i i worked in a place that focused on joy for others but where was mine and i've always worked at companies that fund collaboration but especially joy is one of their core values and it's I, I think that is a very and Giovanna too, right? Giovanna, her career was around joy, but it was a lot of ex- building and creating the experience and the joy for others is as important to create those spaces for ourselves, making sure that what we're doing also brings us joy. And, and that's what Giovanna and I talk about on the podcast every week. It's about like, it's not just being a badass boss. It's not just, you know, (laughs) achieving and building a business or getting the executive role or getting the salary is, you know, understanding the why and making sure that we're elevating the voices of not just the hustlers, but the, the Latinas and the leaders that have been able to prioritize joy in their lives and careers. 
And I think it's exciting to see, you know, all of these empowered Latinas taking that and actually holding true to that, right? Because I know when I had graduated out of uni, it wasn't like that. Uh, Joy, I don't even think was on the list of like, what do you want to achieve in three years? What do you want to achieve in five years, right? Everyone was always like, executive role this or leadership role that. And so just hearing, um, hearing like just pioneers talk about like, oh, you know what? I, before burnout even became a theme, like I did, I went through that, um, trying to find joy and realizing that that was part of the job or that is part of the career path. Like it's mind blowing to some people, Lord knows it was to me when I finally stepped out of corporate. So it's just awesome seeing us being able to incorporate that in our everyday lives. And you, you, you both bring such an important part of um, the expectations, right? I think we've we've grown, or at least I know that in my journey, I grew seeing, you know, what a path to an executive position was uh, through others and and through through people that were very close to me, and it meant in some way for me particularly to adapt to adapt and, and stop being who I was to being somebody that I was not, but I was told or I believed that that was the only way to continue to grow in, in my career and create impact and become, you know, that, that coveted executive uh, because I needed to be certain ways and, and, and certain practices and, and, you know, behave in certain ways mm -hmm. and talk in a certain way and do things a certain way, meet other people's expectations in a way that wasn't true to me. But that's what I had seen for so long that it just became like, okay, if I need to keep growing, then that that's the only path. And not having to what you're just saying, like those those um, those mentors or those those women that that were more like me that I could say oh so I can do that and it's still okay um, and I think in, in that in that adaptation uh, I I loved what you said at the beginning Paulette because I think in that adaptation is where I lost myself is where I lost my mm -hmm. voice it's where I lost who I was. Um, and that had an, a, a great impact, not only in my joy of doing things every day, because now I was just doing things, but also in, in my performance, because now my engagement was not there. I was just mm, doing yes. things to survive. I was just doing things to meet others' expectations. My motivation was not there, my drivers. And therefore, like everything started to go and decline uh, impacting my performance, my self-confidence, like it, it was just like one thing your after team, the other. It affects uh, your team because they, it, yeah, yeah, they see totally. the, the change in you. Yeah, totally, totally. So, so uh, when you talk about mindset, definitely having that, that joy and that purposeful mindset becomes really important because it can have, you know, a, dramatic implications from a positive or a negative side to yourself and to others and to the work that you do. Which actually brings us in a beautiful transition to my next question um, is, what were you doing before transitioning to full-time entrepreneurship and what made you take that route? Uh, like I said, I was, I was in that, you know, 
very nice corporate job uh, doing a lot of great things. Like if, if I share the type of brands that I was in, the type of projects that I was in, every time that people heard, it was like, oh my God, like you have the, you, you have the dream job. Mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't feel that way. I, I really, for the last five years of my corporate life, uh, I obviously I had some incredible moments that that I, I I I just like smile remembering them. But they were moments. They were bursts. Mm -hmm. The other three hundred and sixty days, uh, <laughs> I was dragging my feet to work every day. I, I really was not jumping out of bed like I had for the previous 15 years. Like for a long time, I, I remember my husband saying like, you don't go to work, like you enjoy what you're doing. Like I you just jumped out of bed and was whoosh, all, all already there giving my 100%. But those five, last five years, anything was a good excuse to, to like not get out of bed or not being my best. Obviously we are, because at least in my, I'm, in, in my uh, way, I'm committed to whatever it is that I commit myself to. And I got there, but it, it felt like, you know, the weight of the world was in my shoulders. I wasn't having fun anymore. I was just working or I, I was actually surviving for a paycheck. That's the reality. I didn't want to admit that at the time. At the time, we're powerful, right? Like we're strong. We're leaning. Leaders, and we're, we're like, I can do this kind of smile on your face. Inside, I was like this size. I was lost. I was confused. Uh, I, I my self doubt. Like there was, it, it was a, a period of, of a lot of darkness and, and depression. Um, it, but but you know, you show up, uh, and there there came a moment where where I was told, like you're you're not having fun anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and that hit me. I was like, yep, you're right. It, I'm not, and this is not my path, and I'm not excited to continue down this path anymore. So that's when, okay, then what's next? <laughs> the, the other dreaded, the other dreaded question of, I have a really nice, very comfortable life, very comfortable six-figure income, you know, like two kids that are about to head into college. Like, how do I make that jump from comfort from a financial perspective and a, and a career perspective even to something completely unknown? Uh, but the reality was I, I couldn't continue when, where I was. Jumping was a better solution than staying, you know, in, in that in that darkness. Uh, so I took the leap. Gratefully, I had a lot of great women around me and continue to be around me to hold me uh, and to, you know, encourage me and to support me and to let me know that things are okay. Uh, and, and that's what drove me to then return to finding what my purpose was, what my, what brought me joy, what I, what was the thing that really my superpower where I thrived and where I could create great impact. And, and that really has been my fuel to overcome all the barriers that you, that you face once you hit that entrepreneur, uh, you know, side of, of our career. Uh, but I, I've been so thrilled and so driven and so motivated that no matter what life threw at me, I'm like, okay, 
now we show up and we continue <laughs> and we move on because I know that that I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. Uh, and, and I face it with with that positive positivity and, and that mindset. Um, now I look back and after three years and I say, of course, but it wasn't a piece of cake. Like there definitely <laughs> was a lot of uh, uh, ups and downs, but definitely doing things that are important to you uh, and, and that motivate you every day is, is the fuel that you need to move forward. I love when you said you asked yourself, what was your superpower? Because that is a question that not only Latinas who are exploring uh, change into entrepreneurship, but even in your career, you know, and, and you do um, coaching too. And um, Giovanna does consulting and, and does coaching around community engagement. And I think that's an awesome question that everyone, every Latina could ask themselves, even when they're exploring a career, even when they're talking about their businesses. It's not just what do I do really well. We do a lot of things really well. Right. But asking, asking that question to help you identify not just when it's time to move on, kind of like what I heard from you is like when you when you realize that you were living like from vacation time to vacation time, <laughs> um, that was a red flag. But then what do I do next? Asking yourself that question and like, what is my superpower? Because that helps you kind of like identify your your specific niche. And even if you want to um, transition into another career, you're, you'll take your superpower with you. Exactly. Yeah, you take you don't you don't leave those skills on your resume or your LinkedIn. Like you take that to a new field, to a new job, to a new position, to a new challenge to your business. So I, I love, I love that question. Um, and I think this takes me into, so we love on our podcast, not just to highlight the stories of our amazing guests, but we like to chat about some of the issues and trends that we see in leadership um, with our guests too. So I want to talk a little bit about the gray resignation and if you haven't heard about the Great Resignation, um, in the U.S. alone, 3.9 million people voluntarily quit their jobs in June of 2021. And as recent as two weeks ago, there were 1.3 million more job openings than there were unemployed people in the U.S. So researchers and the media are calling this big shift in labor trends that's been happening since June the Great Resignation. So employees are burnout, tired, and looking for a significant change. And we have all seen that, whether it's our friends, our family, or even our clients. So what are three things that can help Latina leaders identify when it's time to move on? I, I think there are three things. Uh, some I'm going to share from a personal perspective, and then some I'm going to also refer to a couple of things that I find very interesting that I've, I've read out there. One, two, well, two are your purpose, right? You, we've, we've talked about it uh, extensively in terms of the moment that you're just 
going out there because you need to get a paycheck, like th that's not, that's surviving. That's surviving the everyday, hoping that something else will happen next week. And then that next week becomes next month, becomes next year. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what happened to me. Like I did five years of this you know, hell that I was in because I was in the, well, after this project, well, after this initiative, well, after the summer, well, mm -hmm. after, and well, I after, well, after it turned into five years, year. right? Oh, yeah. So, so, and, and you're always, after thinking, the grand so, cycle is completed, after the I'm grand leaving. cycle, whatever it is. So, so do when, when you're in that rut of, you're always giving yourself excuses, but in reality, you're working for a paycheck. Like that's a, a red flag first to identify, you know, maybe I'm not in the right path uh, to, or I, I shouldn't continue in this path because sooner than later, I'm convinced that life pushes you in the right direction. And, <laughs> I, and sometimes it's like a, a nudge. And then sometimes it's like a kick. It's like, <laughs> that's not where you're going. You're going this way. Didn't you get it? Um, so definitely that's, I think, one of one of the important things to keep in mind. The other is the impact and legacy that, that you want to create. Uh, if I go to my first 15 years of my career, I can like list and list and continue listing the, the things that I'm proud of and the legacy that I left from a professional perspective, from a personal perspective, from as a leader, as a collaborator, as a you know business professional in, in the businesses that I was in, with the teams that I was with, like it, it goes on and on. For those other five years, I really struggled. To, to put a list together of, of from an impact, like a true thing that I could be proud of to say, this is my legacy. Maybe a couple of things here and there, but really not a lot, not something that I would be proud of. So I think when, when you do that end of year review, either from a formal perspective, because that's requ required of you from your job, or just personally, like when you go look back at the year and say, what did I accomplish this year? And you don't have anything, or you just have a couple of things here and there to say, this is what I'm proud of. This is my legacy. This is what I'm going to be remembered by when I'm not here. If you don't have that, then again, I think that's a red flag uh, in terms of uh, in terms of figuring out maybe you need to think you're, you need to move on. And then the other thing uh, comes from from just the well-being perspective. Uh, and Gallup recently published uh, what they consider are the five areas of well-being. Uh, and this comes from a lot of research that they've done in the last couple of years. And then there, there, and there are five areas. Um, and when, when you're not good in one of those areas, career being one of them, you know, your friends being another, uh, it, it just becomes easier to be able to, uh, at least, at, again, being an engineer, I like to like be able to go to the root cause analysis of what's Love causing <laughs> what you're feeling, right? And and going through those five areas that Gallup's highlights, um, it can be an easier way to say, what where am I not giving it a ten in terms of a rating? And if it's not eight or I always say if it's not eight or above, then you need to revisit one of those and say, okay, then what what's causing me to not give it that 
kind of a rating. Uh, and then you can do like a little bit more digging and then hopefully an answer will show up. But that is more of a, if, if you have that analytical mindset <laughs> or, or you need like more of that, those facts going through those those five areas of Gallup and, and from a well-being perspective and reading them in your own life uh, can give you, again, some hints of maybe it's time to move on because I'm not good in, in this place that I'm currently in. Yeah. What about you, Giovanna? Because you've also made your only the moves and, and you had to identify kind of like when it was time to move on. Well, what I was going to say too is like Eliana brings up amazing points. The fact of like, that's you changing your leadership mentality without you even knowing it or your entrepreneurial journey even begins. Um, because that is stuff that you have to think about ment mentally. Um, if you are going to try to make it make it in your business. Um, you have to do a lot of assessing. You have to make sure that, you know, you're bringing solutions to certain problems, whether that's, you know, mainly your clients. And so having to have that mind shift, um, it's a lot, especially when you do come from corporate and you are there for a long time and you are groomed to think certain things are normal, right? Like when you had mentioned vacation to vacation, not until you said it right now, I was like, oh, was that was that a red flag? Because I thought that was normal. Um, so like I just learned <laughs> that right now today, you know, so just having to do a lot of um, mental work. So I guess just having said that, uh, Ileana, when you had a significant shift in your leadership journey, how did you make sure you have shifted your mindset so you don't end up working in a toxic environment? Oh my God, that's a great question. And and I do want to make like a, a quick pause in terms of the toxic work environment because I come to realize, uh, you know, recently that the toxic environment can be like physically like the toxic environment that's out, you know, in, in the team that you're in or the organization that you're in. Or there's another toxic work environment that's only in your mind. Uh, because oh. because we, we get into this, when I, when I was in this these five years of, of hell that I was in, I honestly believe that the toxic environment was outside because you try to blame it on every like everybody is to blame except you, right? But now that I look back, I think a lot of it was in my mind, uh, and and I I became to believe that 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 all of those stories that i was playing in my head to justify the the rut that i was in i i it's not that i made it up but you know they get amplified so when you talk about that toxic work environment i do want to highlight that because when you shift in your leadership journey and you get into those pressures i think we do need to take a step back to really make that steep assessment is this real or is it just in my head uh, because that can be a, a significant difference. And, and then the, the, the things that I, I normally go through now and that I work with my clients are two things. One, it goes back to connecting with your purpose and, and really understanding why. Like your, your honest, you know, your heart-centered why, what's important to you, what is it that you're doing that really matters, why, why are you waking up and, and going to work? Uh, and hopefully it's not for a paycheck. Hopefully there's a little bit more significance because, you know, the, the, you're committed to 
the impact that you're creating for the communities or the consumers or the people that you're working with, whatever that is. But but going back to that connection of the, the purpose is really important. And then the other thing is the, you know, having the clarity on your core values. And I don't think, I think during those five years I lost, again, visibility to my core values and what was important to me uh, and making sure that those core values are aligned with your why and with what you're doing and with what you know matters. Uh, if not, then then it's time to move on. And for me, having you know freedom, independence, my family, uh, integrity, like all of those were very important values. And there came a point during those five years because of a because I was adapting to you know being somebody that I was not then those core values started to become like they were not aligned mm -hmm. because you know integrity was which was so important to me you could argue it was not there honesty was not there because I was not even being honest with myself somebody that I was not I was trying to meet other people's expectations right so there were a lot of things that were being compromised from a core values perspective um, and I think that's where this this toxic work work environment that I was making up started to come from because everything suddenly was not aligned uh, now how much of it that was true outside in reality and how much of it I, I was making up in my mind. Like we could have long conversations. There was definitely a lot also happening outside. But really, I think it's going into that deep introspection of, of your purpose, your why, what's important, and then recognizing your core values. Are they still aligned with where, where you are and what's happening? And if not, those two then again are red flags to be able to say, okay, that path, maybe I need to revisit, maybe I need to pull back and, 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 and go back to, to what's important. I love what you mentioned, and I see this um, with my clients too, and I've done it, right? I see it in my clients and I can recognize it because I've done it. Um, that when you're not prioritizing your core, you're not clear on your core values, you're not clear on your why, and you're not clear on, on what the, the why of your goals. It's not just the goal, it's the why. It's, I want a new job, why, why? <laughs> I asked that question five times and they hate it. <laughs> but it, it gets to, oh, I want a new job because I want peace of mind, because I want flexibility, because I wanna prioritize joy, because I wanna be able to travel, because I wanna, I'm a caregiver, I wanna spend time with my parents or, or my kids. It's once you're clear on those things that you had mentioned, your your core values, your why, and kind of like what what brings you joy, like what is it? What is it that calls me? What's my superpower? And do I get to show up with my superpower at work every day? That is that there's a big shift, and I I have seen it and I have done it where because I am not clear on that, just on the goal then you get yourself back into the toxic work environment. You think mm -hmm. that it's this place I am going to leave. And it might be. And that might be, you, you might be right. It might be 100% the place that you're in, your environment. 
But if you're not clear on those things that you mentioned, then you're going to go get yourself into yeah. another toxic work environment because you are not prioritizing yourself because you're only looking to achieve the big goal without a, without prioritizing the why. You will be interviewed rather than you also interviewing the the hiring manager or the company you'll and once you do what, what you're saying you go from applying to a hundred jobs to applying to maybe five because you're intentional because you're prepared because you're gonna reach out to recruiters to your contacts to your networks there's so much alignment that whether it's a job search or even the business then you go and launch a business that is aligned with you and what you want. It's so powerful. It's it's such a big shift. And I think all three have gladly gotten into that space. And I say, you know, whatever we can do to um, help people. I, I say coaching is all about transformation mm -hmm. and acceleration, those two things. Because you can do transformation yeah. by yourself but coaching gives you acceleration. So I I love that you're sharing uh, those kind of like next steps. And through all the episodes, right, Giovanna, <laughs> like this is exactly what we have heard from yeah. all of our guests and our listeners are going to hear from um, all of our guests. What I, what I do want to put out though there though, because I agree with everything 110% what both of you ladies are saying. I just want to make it because I feel like I've been, I just went through this recently. Paulette, you know, um, I'm doing a lot of thriving right now, right? Like a lot of manifesting, but it gets exhausting sometimes. Like I just, I don't, I really want our viewers and our listeners to realize like it's like one of the best feelings transforming, but Yo, shit's tiring and hard sometimes. <laughs> like there was one time where I was sitting with a coach and I had, they gave me assignments, right? And each assignment was at least between 30 minutes to an hour's worth of work. And it wasn't like create a business plan. It was breaking down like all the mental. So basically almost trying to like rid, rid of like the toxicness that we, you know, put on ourselves as women, uh, women of color, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know if I had mentioned this to you, Paulette. Um, I, I think I had mentioned it to Sandy. I was just like, I did three hours of work and I had to take a nap. Like I, could, I was like, I'm closing this book. Oh, my next meeting is until 5 p.m. Great. Like I'm going to go ahead and take a nap because I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> it was enough work for me. So please do not give up on transformation. Um, coaching, as well as I will say community, like I always say community helped me accelerate to where I need to get to professionally as well as emotionally and personally. Um, but just know that it's okay if you're tired and you just want to take a nap or <laughs> a coffee yes. break. It's okay. Yes. I have an hamaca in the front of my house. I love it. And the excuse was like to wait for the kids for the bus, but I just take random naps throughout the day in my hamaca. I love it. I don't care what my neighbors think. Um, now people know like, oh, you live in the house with the hamaca? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's I'm me. that neighbor. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so, Indiana, we love Giovanna and I talk about we're recovering perfectionist, and part of stepping up into our brave spaces is talking about our constant failures and, of course, what we have learned from them. 
but we want to invite you to join us in our brave space. And can you tell us about a recent failure that you've had and how you kept focus on your goals, even if you failed? <laughs> I, I love that question. And I, I'm going to shift it um, in terms of I, I've learned uh, in the last couple of years that actually there is no failure. It's, it's really all about understanding the expectations and, and the expectations of, of, for yourself and then the expectations from others. Um, and it, it's really all about the expectations were wrong to start with. So you did not meet the expectations. So you need to revisit the expectations. Now, every all of these things are about perspectives, right? Uh, and I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. In when I was in corporate, I I was in a brand that had the product that was planned to be the product of the year, um, and everybody was excited about this product, uh, and it was going to be number one sales through the roof, all of that. We did, we built all the marketing around it. It was just like nothing you'd seen before. Uh, we had very aggressive expectations for that product, you know, selling significantly more double digit growth than the previous ones, all of those things. So we already had pretty aggressive expectations, but they were based on data, research, insights. We had tested with consumers all the nine yards. So we, we knew that we were going to meet it. It was challenging, but it was achievable. Then we pre kept presenting it to everybody. Everybody was excited, like this is the number one product. Uh, and they kept raising the expectation, like, no, we're going to bet more on it. And we're going to bet more on it to the point that the final forecast revenue number was twice what we had originally wow. set the expectation. And that expectation was already like double digit than what had been, you know, came from before. So you can imagine like it was through the roof, but everybody was so excited because there, this was like something nobody had seen before. The research, you know, the insight, the consumers were excited, like everybody was excited. So we never questioned it. We were like, everybody's bought in. We're going to have a slam year with this product. So we didn't question it. In the end, two weeks after the launch of the product, you can imagine what happened. The expectation was here, the product was here. Mm -hmm. And then people started to get really nervous because it was planned to be the number one. There were a lot of there was a lot of inventory out there. In the end, after a month, people started to, pl to pull the plug on it. It was like, it's a, it's a complete and absolute failure like and then pressure came from you can imagine the phone calls with mm -hmm. retailers and with everybody like what can we do and put more advertising and media to it like how are we going to manage the the amount of inventory like it was just hell on earth trying to manage this big big failure that everybody was so excited and then suddenly it was like you're the owner of a brand with a product that's like you know, in decline. After that, that whole thing, I went back to to the following year to do like, uh, you know, el recuento de los daños, <laughs> <laughs> and because we had to do the closure, right, of mm -hmm. what went wrong with this great, great failure, which almost killed the brand. I have to say, like wow. it was one of the top brands and almost killed it. 
And when I went back and looked at the numbers, it was the number one selling product of the year. It had surpassed the revenue, but from average, uh, as we had expected, it actually surpassed what we had originally thought of, of our number as, as, as a sales, it, you know, market share was there, everything was there. It just had not met the new mm -hmm. <laughs> expectation that everybody had been so excited about. So we just looked at the number. It was, it had actually been a really good success story. Mm -hmm. But the ex the new expectation was absolutely wrong and we didn't question it. Um, and we just went through it. So that to me, that and I have many other examples of, of failure is really just all about expectations and being an, an understanding, one, what was your original expectation? What's the true, you know, facts and, and, and foundation of why you're setting that expectation. And it can always be challenging. Uh, you can always push it, but it still needs to be achievable. Um, and the moment that it just starts to move away from something that's realistic, if every day you wake up trying to be in Mars, you know, and, and you're not heading towards there, you're going to fail in that expectation. Like, it, 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 to me, now my mindset is not in failure anymore, because I've learned that failure is just an expectation. So, so it's just about being realistic of what's my expectation you know, today for whatever it is, or for this project, how, how realistic is it? How challenging is it? And what do I need to do to be able to meet it? And I think the work that that you, you and I did together, uh, Paulette, with, you know, 10 other extraordinary Latinas in our book, was a very aggressive expectation of <laughs> getting and launching and putting together a book in four months. Like people that are putting books together can say it's, it was just insane but we had a plan. There was a plan that it was backed up, like we were all holding hands. Like it was aggressive to some, but it was realistic because we knew the, the steps that we needed to do, the deadlines that we needed to meet, like where everybody was to be able to, to make it happen. And we made it happen in four months and we're launching it this week. Yay, yay. Yay. Uh, so it's, it's all about Expect to me the the failure and the mindset on failure is not about the failure. It's about the expectations and setting the right expectations with the right like things to resources, support, deadlines, plan, place to be able to meet it, and then you'll you'll get there. When when there is not when the expectation is completely off, like ah, I'm just thinking that today I'm going to be a millionaire just because then and the failure is going to happen there because there's nothing to back up that expectation. I love that. I was going to say, I can definitely co-sign for Paulette when it comes to expectation and planning. <laughs> um, we have a lot of backstage meetings and I write like, I can go off on five or 10 different ideas and she's like, love them, but the expectation. And I'm like, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Where's Where's the parking lot? Where's the park? We need to create a virtual parking lot, Giovanna. That's what we need to do. I'm into yes. it. I'm into it. <laughs> um, you told us a little bit about Extraordinary Latinas, and we ask all of our guests to recommend a book for our leaders, but can, tell us like the 30 second pitch. 
What is Extraordinary Latina's book all about? Ooh, ooh, look at my pretty face. Um, it's about elevating our voices. It's about inviting you know, everybody to, to elevate their voice. Uh, in this period of darkness that I mentioned, it was the stories of others and the voices of other incredibly women, many of them in this book, that really helped me, you know, come out of that dark, dark zone where I felt so alone. So like, I'm the only one going through this. Uh, nobody understands me face to, I can do this kind of, if she did it and she did it and she did it, you know, I can do it also. And I do believe that, that in those stories, those stories are so powerful and those voices can really heal you from from those moments and that's really what what um i wanted to do from this book it was sharing those voices that had helped me that had healed me in those moments uh and i couldn't just keep them for myself i needed the world to to one to hear them and then two to create a community to invite more people to share their voices because I'm convinced that everybody that's out there listening has a powerful story to share. Um, and 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 they they need to feel empowered that they have a group of women that they can uh, that they can reach out to. One, if they feel alone, you're not alone. Yes. There's 12 women here that that will reach out to you, that will help you, that we're you know going to go rah-rah. Uh, <laughs> for you and two uh they're just by reading their stories i really hope that you get inspired to be able to look back at yourself and say hey i'm an extraordinary latina also or an extraordinary woman or an extraordinary whoever you are uh, because i also have a powerful story to share and 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 help me you know listen to me because because we are going to we are here to elevate your voice and to be that echo uh and and to join you side by side that was really the the objective of the book and and i hope we were able to accomplish that <laughs> yes well, I'm excited. I already pre-ordered mine, so I'm just waiting for it to come through. And me and Liana actually had our own conversation. I already told her, like, this is going to be the first volume. I already know. Like, there's too many of us out there with our own stories. And, you know, it's great for, like, us, especially starting off as entrepreneurs, to have so many faces, right? It's not just the main three or the main five. Now it's like, oh, it's my next door neighbor. Oh, it's actually um, La Chica who's running La Pela. I'm sorry, the paleteria, right? Or it's like me, like I work with vendors for clothing. Like it's literally the lady who lives a mile down. So like hearing everyone's story is just, one, it's so inspiring Two, It's also, it resonates so much, but there's still so many more, so many more stories to share and to be heard. And so I know there's going to be a volume two already. Now we have the process. We know how it's done. <laughs> yeah, it's about replication. Oh, I love that. I love replicating systems. I can talk about it all day. So yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's the, we need a we need a volume two, Eliana. It's going to happen. Get the team ready. Get the team ready. <laughs> So, you know, you, sh you shared a lot, um, your experiences, your story. What is one thing that you think our leaders should take away from the stories that you have shared with us today or your personal story? 
I, I'm actually going to say two things if you if you allow me. No, One I, is the mindset, and we talked about from the beginning. Really believe in yourself. You can do this, and give yourself permission to believe in yourself. Uh, because I think a lot of times I know that I've I've given myself uh, a lot of what is it like a lot of slack. No, that's not the word. I'm blanking on the on the phrase. But like I've beaten myself up a lot. Uh, about what I'm expecting about me. Um, and I haven't given myself permission to be kind with myself and, and to, you know, to allow me to, to fail and allow me to be wrong and allow me to be humble and allow me to be vulnerable and, and allow me all these things uh, to not be the superwoman. Like, I, I, give give yourself permission to to do all these things because I think in that you'll find the courage and you'll find the fearless fearlessness uh, to to really move forward and to be authentic uh, and to let yourself you know be pampered by others. I know that now I allow myself to be pampered by others. Uh, Ooh, uh, I like all that. of these extraordinary Latinas also. Uh, so so I, I would say that. I love that. I'm going to take that. I'm just going to like write a big like message on our leader board. Like, feel free to pamper me <laughs> with comments. Yes. <laughs> what a nice picture. It's like, is right? it not time? Yes. We should definitely have like Pamper Monday where we do our group photos. This is something we could talk about later. <laughs> ideas. Look at you. Yeah. Like, you already are bringing in ideas for, yes, the, for our yes. online community. I love it. Um, and then last question, where can we learn more about you and what you do? Uh, well, you've already shared a lot of my social media. Definitely the place to go is on my LinkedIn account. Uh, that's where most people can find me and I always have it on. So message me, connect with me, reach out to me like less than 24 hours. You'll you'll get some sort of response um, unless you're selling something that yeah, then that won't happen. Um, and then the other the other place is my website, believecoach.com. Uh, that would be like the second place. Uh, and then now, Extraordinary Latinas. <laughs> like definitely. So there's definitely a lot of different places. LinkedIn, number one by far, uh, would be the easiest way. Awesome. And what's the website for the book? ExtraordinaryLatinas.com. Yes, Yay. yes. So thank you so much, Ileana, for joining us today, helping us and our listeners change their mindset and identify what are those red flags, kind of like when it's time to move on, whether it's to a new job, to a new position, to a completely new field, change, and changing your mindset to make sure that you are aware the toxicity is coming from inside you. And if it's coming externally, then how are you have to change your mindset to prioritize your values, prioritize joy, know the why, so that when you transition, whether it's entrepreneurship or a new job, that you're getting out of that toxic work environment and changing your mindset with it. 
Thank you. Thank you. We love having you here. We know it's not going to be the last time. <laughs> thank <laughs> you so much for providing the space. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. And to our listeners, don't forget to leave a review. Five estrellitas. No, don't be giving us three or, or four. Five <laughs> estrellitas, por favor. And join the online community Making Leader Moves on Facebook. If you have a question or you want to be a guest on our podcast, send your questions to makingleadermoves at gmail.com. Gracias, chicas. And thank you, leaders, for listening. Take care. Muchas gracias.